Welcome to MSTAR students. We are glad you are joining for today's message. For more information about the ministry, visit our Instagram page and search MSTAR students. Now here's today's message. Welcome everyone to today's teaching with Morningstar Students Ministry. My name is Mike. I serve as the pastor with the students ministry here at Morningstar Fellowship. We're so glad that you're joining with us today. Uh, just a couple announcements and, re and reminders. Uh, number one, as a reminder, at 7 o'clock tonight, we will be going on a Zoom call to go through some questions and answers, take some time to pray, and we're also going to be taking the Lord's Supper together uh, on the Zoom call today. So if you haven't already, make sure you have some of the elements ready to, to uh, take the Lord's Supper. So again, Zoom meeting tonight at 7 o'clock. To access the Zoom call, the description, uh, I'm sorry, the information is found in the description uh, in all of the areas where this uh, teaching may be being broadcast today. A couple other things. Uh, as a reminder to all the seniors, uh, we will be honoring you on Sunday, June 14th for Graduation Sunday. So please make sure that you send in your information. Uh, I've sent emails to your parents for you to fill out a form and also to send it off to about five photos because we're going to have a slideshow uh, for you guys as well. Uh, now some heartbreaking uh, announcements here. Uh, not heartbreaking in a sense, but uh, saddened that we would not be able to do this, but uh, youth convention that we were originally supposed to go back in April uh, was now postponed to the fall. Uh, but unfortunately, I have made a decision that we will not be attending youth convention uh, this year. Uh, so once I get all the details and information of what that's going to look like and, and getting the funds back to you guys, I'll be in touch with your parents and making sure all of that will take place. Uh, I'm sorry that we're not going to be able to go to youth convention uh, this year, but I believe and know that God will have bigger plans uh, for us during this time. And, and maybe, Lord willing, uh, there will be a time that we'll be able to go to another convention. Uh, and finally, uh, as some of you may know, Morningstar Fellowship as the church as a whole here in Quakertown will be reopening up the campus building on Sunday, June 7th. Now here with the student ministries, I do not have a timetable set yet for when we are going to regather here at the building. Uh, and to be honest, I'm not going to throw one out there until uh, I've really been pressed by the Lord. This is how it's going to take place, what it's going to look like. To be honest, there's a couple ideas that I'm running right now and praying through of what it can look like for us to gather uh, publicly outside or, or in a building or what that all may, may look like. Uh, but before I commit to saying this is the day and time and jumping ahead of the Lord, I'm just not going to do that right now. Um, so I ask as students uh, to please still be patient. We love you guys. It was great to connect with some of you guys last Thursday, uh, and we're going to plan on doing something like that again soon. Uh, but in the meantime, I pray that you just continue to be patient with us and pray for us, pray for me as a, as a leader, uh, as we're looking for wisdom from the Lord of what this looks like in this new transition. And so with that, we are going to continue our study in the book of Mark. Last week we saw how Jesus sent his apostles out to, to preach, and uh, we took a look at what that 
that means for us when God calls us to proclaim his gospel message. And today we're going to be looking at the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. And so I have to ask you guys uh, this question. Do you guys like homemade bread? Do you enjoy homemade bread? I know for me, I really love banana bread. Uh, you know, just warm banana bread, it, it tastes really good. I don't know if there's some of you guys out there who just really enjoy bread. Uh, but in the teaching in Mark, we're going to, we're gonna see, I'm sorry, we're gonna read about this miracle where Jesus feeds 5,000 people with only a couple fishing some loaves of bread and was able to feed 5,000, some argue 10 to 15,000 because the text doesn't uh, count women and children in there. And while a lot of people will talk about that physical miracle and it's an awesome miracle to see, we're going to dive in a little bit more of the spiritual side of things. What Jesus is really trying to, to convey to these people uh, and to us as well when it comes to this miracle and understanding that he is uh, the bread of life in a spiritual sense. So with that, I'm gonna read from the book of Mark and I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna dive in a little bit deeper here today. So Mark chapter six, starting at verse 30, and I'm reading from the ESV version. So again, Mark chapter 6, verse 30, starting, I'm sorry, in the ESV version, starting at verse 30. And it says this, The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them. And they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding courtside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to, them, said to him, Shall we go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said, A blessing, and broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. Father God, we thank you. For this time, we thank you for uh, this opportunity to gather online right now, to go over your word. Holy Spirit, I ask for your anointing right now to teach the scriptures in truth and in love, Lord Jesus. I pray that you take control of my mouth to help me uh, be confident and bold for your kingdom, Lord Jesus. Father, if this were to be my last message ever, 
pray that it would be glorifying to you. I pray that those who hear this or watch this would just know your love. And I pray for all those right now who are watching this, Lord, or listening to this. Holy Spirit, I pray that their hearts and mind are open to hearing what is going to be taught here today. Father, I just pray that we recognize that we as men cannot live on bread alone. We can live on every word of God. We can live on everything you say in Scripture. God, we give you all the glory and honor. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we read here in a short little bit of Mark, in the book of Mark about this great miracle. And what's interesting about this miracle is that this miracle is it is in all four accounts of the gospel. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all talk about this miracle. And if I did my research and if I read it correctly, I believe this is the only miracle outside the death, resurrection, and ascension of Christ that's uh, written in all four accounts. So that means that this there's something uh, really important about this miracle. Not just so much of the feeding of the, the 5,000 people, but there's other things that, that are taking place. I know uh, in Matthew, uh, Jesus talks about uh, woe to unrepentant cities. Luke dives in a little bit deeper in what some of the conversations and some of the things that Jesus was teaching about it as well. But we're going we're gonna to go to John. And you may be, you may be questioning, well, why, if this is a study in Mark, why are we going to the book of John? And if you remember from way in the beginning of this series, Mark is a very fast writer. Fast writer, like, this is what happened, on to the next point. This is what happened, on to the next point. And while it could have been very easy for me to say, hey, this is what this is, and we're moving on, I want us to slow down I want us to slow down and, and understand, especially on the spiritual side of things, of what Jesus is proclaiming, what Jesus wanted the people and us to hear during this time. And so I was led to go to the Gospel of John. And so that's where we're going to go. We're going to go to John chapter 6, and we're going to start uh, around verse 22. But I want to give you a little context of where we're going to be at when we're, we're in this message. So... In the beginning of John chapter six, we'll read the same. You'll read the same thing about Jesus uh, feeding the five thousand. Again, some people will argue it's ten to fifteen thousand because the, the um, scriptures don't talk about uh, women and children, and that there were actually women and children there as well. So if you count them, some argue there were ten to fifteen thousand people at that time. And so you read that in the beginning of John, and then you read about uh, Jesus walking on water, which we'll talk about that miracle next week in Mark. And then you'll see that John, I'm sorry, that Jesus and his disciples cross back over to the land, and that there are people who are looking for him, uh, they're seeking after him, and this is where Jesus gives one of his most controversial sermons, uh, saying that he is the bread of life. And you'll see in a little bit why uh, he went from having thousands thousands of people following him and flocking to him to only 12 people 
left standing there uh, and him even asking them, all right, where else, asking them, are you going to leave like everyone else? And they say, no, where else are we going to go? We believe you're the Messiah. And so with that, we're going to take a look at six things. These are at least six takeaways that I want us to recognize when Jesus says that he is the bread of life. And so the first one is that Jesus is more concerned about redeeming us than giving us our personal desires. Number one, again, is that Jesus is more concerned about redeeming us, saving us, than giving us our personal desires. So let's start at verse 25 in John chapter 6. And it says this. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to, for, to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. So what's Jesus doing here? Jesus is actually rebuking the people that they didn't just come seeking Jesus because they saw the sign that he was the Messiah. No, all they saw was, oh, he gave us bread. He performed that miracle. We want to see that. We want more miracles. We want more bread. And, and you may be thinking, well, how does this relate to me? How is this relevant in today's culture? Well, unfortunately, in a culture today that's, that's all about I, we, we read about it's all about you, making yourself happy. Uh, we have things called selfies. Uh, how quickly can I get famous? How quickly can, uh, there's even this thought, how quickly can God give me the desires that I want instead of what he's called me to do? And so we use Jesus as a name to, to get our pleasures, to uh, justify our things that Jesus is saying right here, listen, what are you doing? You only, you only want me because you know I can give you some good blessings from time to time here on this earth. Can I remind you that everything that you own to this point, and that and a lot of your students that are watching this, so as you grow up and grow older, the more things that you get, at the end of the day, it's all going to be gone. At the end of the day, it's going to be worthless. Some of it will be garbage. It will be sold in garage sales. It's just going to be gone. And you're so we get so concerned about the things here on earth. And I'm not I'm not against things. I'm not saying that. But if our personal desire is to seek after Jesus just because we want different blessings here on earth, we want our our bellies filled, quote unquote, uh, on the bread of uh, fame, money, fortune, the latest gadgets, Jesus is telling us that's all temporary. It's all going to go away. Focus on the, the bread that I give you in a spiritual sense. Focus on the blessings to recognize that if when you are born again, when you have salvation in Christ as a citizen of heaven, all the spiritual blessings that will take place there. 
together. The first thing is that Jesus is more concerned about redeeming us than giving in to our personal desires. The second thing that we see here is that salvation is a free gift. Salvation is a free gift. The people answered, starting at verse 28, it said this, Then they said to him, What must we do? I'm sorry, what must we do to be... Wow, I can't read right now <laughs> for whatever reason. What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. And so the people are like, Okay, well, what do we have to do to earn merit with God? What do we have to do? What, what works do we have to do? And Jesus is saying, you, you're, you're missing this right now. There's nothing you can do. There, there is, there's not enough good works, quote unquote, that you can do to, to earn merit with God. There's, there's no amount of, if I just do this and don't do this, living in a moralistic type view, as I talked about last week, uh, that, will, that will get you to heaven. If I listen to all the greatest pastors and, and those who preach the gospel, if I listen to my parents and just obey their faith, none of those things save you. It's the free gift of salvation through Christ. Again, when Paul talks about it, it's by faith alone, by the grace of God that we are saved based off of what Christ did on the cross and rising again on the third day and ascending to heaven and coming back again. And so Jesus warns his people, hey, it's not about a what can I do game to get into heaven. He says the same thing to us. It's not about what can I do, but it's about having a relationship with Christ, coming to him, not trying to just take from him, but to truly serve him, to really trust in all that he has done and will do as well. The third thing is that we bow down to God God doesn't bow down to us. As humans, we bow down to God. God doesn't bow down to us. So starting, starting at verse 30, Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, the people said this to Jesus. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as, as it is written. He gave them bread for, from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is, is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread. Okay, so what's going on here? The people are now demanding, because Jesus said there will be a sign, and so now again, we talked about this a few weeks ago, they're demanding a sign. Okay, prove to us, you're claiming that you're going to, you're, you're this bread, that the, there's this, uh, there's going to be this sign of the Messiah. Prove to us right now that you're it. 
Prove to us that you are the Messiah. Prove to us that there's more than just what this bread here. And they, they actually talk about from Exodus chapter 16, which I encourage you to read, uh, where the people are in the wilderness, and they bring up that manna came from the sky for the 40 years that God provided for them. And so they're saying, well, Moses, notice here first, the people were focused on Moses first. They said, well, Moses gave us the, this bread. What are you going to do? And God, I'm sorry, Jesus goes back and says, actually, no, God provided. God provided for you guys. And in a spiritual sense, God is going to provide for you guys again. And you need to recognize here, as Jesus says here, uh, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives his life to the world. What's Jesus saying? Jesus right here, and he's about to, about to say it right here, he's like, I'm the bread of Jesus says that I am the bread of life, that he is the one who is going to, to fulfill us spiritually. He is the one who's going to make us filled. And for some, and you, we're going to read here, maybe even right now, this is really hard teaching because uh, Jesus is, is symbolically using about the feeding of the bread that took place not too long ago, and he's trying to prove a point. Like, listen, you guys are spiritually hungry. Uh, you want all these things, but I'm the one who's in control here. I'm the, God is the one who's in control of all of these things, and I we get it. You want this bread. You want this. You want that. But God is said, but God, God is the one in control. God isn't the one who's bowing down to our whims. He's not saying, oh, yes, Lord. He's not saying, oh, yes, humans, the ones that I've created my own image, I will do whatever you want me to do. That's, that's not what God is doing at all. We should be the ones coming to the Lord and, and surrendering our lives and our will to him. For those especially who proclaim to be Christians, I can't stress this enough. If you are proclaiming to be a Christian, proclaiming to be born again, it is us as mere humans surrendering our lives to Christ, serving him, not the other way around. And so the fourth thing that we see here is that salvation through Jesus Christ is never lost. <clears throat> salvation through Jesus Christ is never lost. This is what Jesus says starting at verse 35. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I say to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, but whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that, ha that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. And so, again, going back to the point, people are demanding, give us this bread, Jesus, that you're talking about. Jesus says, I am the bread. 
This is, and again, you gotta you gotta understand this. Going back to last week and a couple of weeks ago, we stressed on it. The people's viewpoint on Messiah was skewed. They, they were looking for a Messiah in a physical sense that was going to conquer Rome and they would, that this Messiah would be the next king like David, be the great king and everything, but they, they're missing it. This goes back to the sign that Jesus talked about. You're missing the sign that I am the Messiah that the scriptures are talking about. And that's why Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And he says that those who believe in him, that put their trust in him, will never lose their salvation, will not have to face the wrath of God, but will have eternal life. And, and I, I want to make this very clear because there's some of you who are who are watching this. You're in two, one of two categories, and it's hard to, to find the the balance to preach in this sense, because there's some of you who believe you're saved and that you're, you're okay, but you may not be. And then there's some of you who worry all the time about your salvation and you don't have to be. And so as a pastor, I, I think, okay, what, where do I find that, that middle ground to press enough for some of you to get back into your scriptures and really ask yourselves, do I really believe what is being taught here? Do I really believe that Christ is the one that, that salvation is the only way that comes through? But on the other hand, I don't want to press so much where some of you start to doubt your salvation. And, and I, I will say this, the more you continue to be in God's word, the more that you hunger for the spiritual bread of Christ, being I, I want to know who my Savior is, I want to I want to know what it takes to be a disciple. You're going to come to a point, and this actually just recently happened. You're going to come to a point. Maybe you're driving. Well, some of you can't drive, but maybe you're in a car somewhere, or maybe you're hanging out, or you're reading God's Word, and this thought will come to your mind, and you're going to say. Yeah, I believe that. Actually, I believe everything I'm reading. I believe that Jesus is the Messiah. I believe that Christ is the one, Jesus Christ is the one who came and lived a perfect life, that he died for my sins, rose again on the third day, ascended, and will come back so I can be redeemed and be with him for the rest of of eternity. You're gonna all you're gonna come if you truly hunger and thirst for the Lord, you're gonna come to a point where I believe this. I truly believe this. And it's not because I said so, it's not because your mom and dad said you should believe or anything like that. You're gonna read this yourself and you're gonna say, Yes, I believe that. But there's also gonna be some of you, you're gonna read this and you're gonna say, I don't know if I believe this. I, I don't know if I believe this. And if you're at that point, and maybe maybe even when you hear these messages and going through the scriptures, you're like, I don't know if I truly believe this all happened. I, I don't truly believe uh, that the scriptures were divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit. I, I encourage you to not hear the voice of the enemy 
who wants you to say, no, just pick and choose, or, or don't believe it at all, because you know what he's trying to do? He's trying to keep you, he's trying to get you away from having eternal life with the Lord. And he's trying to separate and I encourage you to pray against those things. I, here's a prayer that's been on my heart that I've been praying for the last nine, ten weeks. Uh, when going through the scriptures, is Jesus, give me the eyes to see what you want me to see, and not what I want to see. Jesus, give me, give anyone who's reading the scriptures uh, eyes to see what you want me to see, and not what I want to see. And wrestle out your faith, wrestle out your salvation, and ask, why do I not believe this? But I, I want to encourage those who have true salvation through Christ, who have been born again, and believe with all your heart, you have faith and confidence. I want to let you know that your salvation cannot be lost. That Jesus Christ has saved you Nothing by what you have done, but all because of what he has done. And as he says here, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me. Lose nothing at all means, I want you to focus right here. For, for those who are born again, and maybe you're struggling with your salvation right now. Jesus is not going to lose you're truly born again and you have that joy and the peace of the Lord you're not going to be lost you will have eternal life with him the fifth thing that we see here is that Jesus satisfies our spiritual hunger Jesus satisfies our spiritual hunger so after Jesus talks about this the people start grumbling because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they started questioning, well, isn't this Jesus kind of like we saw in Nazareth? Isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know, meaning like, oh, we, we, we've heard about that virgin birth, but we're, we don't actually believe that. Um, and they're all grumbling, like, how can he say he's the one? How can he say he, he's this Messiah? And Jesus responds to the grumbling by saying this, uh, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will be all and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And now, so like people at this point, and maybe you're, you're reading these scriptures here, you're starting for, whoa, is Jesus telling me to, to eat his flesh? This is what the disciples started, the, the people around, the thousands of people are starting to think, is he telling, did he just say I have to eat his flesh? Did he just tell me, and so what, 
Again, Jesus is, is talking in symbolism here because he just fed 5,000 people, right? And he goes back to the whole story with the manna. So he's symbolizing in a spiritual sense, look, I am the bread that is going to satisfy your spiritual hunger. And so what Jesus is saying here, and if we get honest with ourselves right now, all of us, before we've known Christ, and for those who have not proclaimed Christ, we've been spiritually hungry. We've been spiritually hungry, and we've been spiritually thirsty. We've been searching for things to fill that desire. Maybe, maybe that desire, you use it through video games as, as students. Maybe you use it in dating relationships. Uh, maybe you use it through drugs. Maybe you try to fill that spiritual desire. Uh, with, with sex outside of marriage or, or pornography. Uh, all different things that, that you're like, I, I need to be satisfied spiritually right now. But if we're honest with ourselves, I, I have to be honest with myself too, things that I've chased that I thought could spiritually fill my hunger always wanted me coming back for more. 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 I was never satisfied. I was always hungry. My spirit was always looking to be filled before I knew Christ. After I came to know Christ, after I was born again, Holy Spirit, praise God, and thank you for his grace and mercy has been transforming my heart, but not just transforming my heart to try to live life more like Christ. Not that I'm saying I'm perfect, I'm not. I sin every day, I have to ask for forgiveness every single day uh, for those that I've hurt or, or even wrong. But there's this satisfying joy and security in knowing that my identity is in Christ. My identity is not in the, in, the, in the shame and the guilt of sins that I've uh, held on to. And, and here's the thing, you live in a culture today, we live in a culture today that's all about identity. All about identity. Well, I identify as this. Well, I identify as you fill in the blank. And you think that that identity, that cultural identity, is going to fill your spiritual hunger. But for some of you, you've recognized it's actually made it worse. It's actually made you, made you irritable. You're starting to recognize the pressure of trying to put on an uh, identity that's not fulfilling. And the only one that can fulfill and satisfy is Jesus. And that's not me saying that. Jesus is the one saying this. That anyone, if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give to the life of the world is my flesh. And so Jesus satisfies our spiritual hunger. And the sixth thing that we see is that salvation is found through Jesus Christ 
blood. Salvation is found through Jesus Christ alone. Starting at verse 52, the Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread of the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live for you forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. And so people are probably at this point freaking out, and you can actually read later on the verses that people say, this teaching is too hard. You want us to eat your flesh and drink your blood right here. And you may be thinking the same thing right now. You're like, I'm turning this off because this guy just told me to eat this man's flesh and blood. But don't leave yet. Hold on a second. Again, symbolism being taught here. What Jesus is saying here, look, I'm asking you to put faith and trust and confidence in what I'm about to do. What Jesus is saying, listen, I am about to die for you. But I'm going to be raised again, and I'm going to ascend into heaven. I'm coming back again. I'm dying for you, and so you can have salvation for the rest of your life. And here's the thing. Jesus, and he makes it very clear, not just here, but in the rest of scriptures. Jesus is the only way to salvation. Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. And someone, if you're checking this out for the first time and you're hearing this, you may be wrestling with that right now because you've been hurt, you've been taught in a culture that says, well, there's all these different ways to heaven. Well, if all these religions weren't around, you know, this just all means there's different religions that I can choose from. Let me just choose one. And I can go to heaven. They all point back to God. I want to I wanna lovingly tell you that that information is false. Um, that there is only one way of salvation, and it's through Jesus Christ. And, and you may be asking and even um, pondering, well, what about all the other gods that said, I am God, or I'm the way to God, and, you know, there's, there's articles and there, there's uh, books that, that point out that some didn't even claim to be God. Uh, and those that did claim to be God actually just came, they, they're just mere human in a sense. But of all the gods, quote unquote, uh, small g gods that claim to be God, the only one, going to this with Jesus, Jesus is the only one that is claiming that he would die, and he would rise again for our sins, and he would save us, and he's coming back for us, and we would have eternal life. 
if you if you look at other gods, and I encourage you to 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 study some of the the history of other gods, a lot of them ask you to sacrifice things. They ask you to. You read the scriptures. The the um, the god of Baal, the god of Moloch, children were sacrificed. And then there's all these other weird sacrificial things from other quote small G gods that say this is what you need to do. Jesus said, "Listen, you don't have to do anything." I just need you to believe and trust in the works that I'm about to do to save you. I'm going to take the punishment of your sins. I'm going to take the wrath from God. Why? Because I love you. I care about you. And, I, and it's the Father's will. And he has a desire to see all people in the, for eternity. It, it drives me nuts when people say, well, how can a loving God send people to hell? It's not his desire to. If you read the scriptures, there's so much grace and mercy that, that he gives us. But at the end of the day, it's our choice. It's our choice. Are we, are, are we going to choose to follow Christ, are we going to choose, as something I said earlier, to bow down to God instead of trying to have God bow down to us? Are we going to bow down to God? Are we going to serve Him and allow Him to transform our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit to, to reflect Him as the church? Are we not? It's that simple. It's not easy. The, the Christian life is not easy. And if anyone who tells you or tries to tell you that the Christian life is easy, just, just don't listen to them. Walk away. Because it's not. It takes humility. It takes humbling ourselves, getting to a brokenness where we say, God, I can't do this. I, I've tried to satisfy this spiritual hunger. I've tried to satisfy this spiritual thirst. At the end of the day, I keep it coming up shorter and shorter. Maybe that's you too. Maybe that's you watching this or listening to this. You're looking, you're seeking. Maybe God has put something on your heart that. No, he's right. I may not totally understand it right now. I'll be honest, I don't always totally understand it. It's the mystery of God. That's why we're constantly learning each and every day. But I do know it's by his grace, his mercy, and his love that he does want us to That he does want us to come to salvation. To, to have eternal life with him. And so I'll, I'll close with this. If you are hungry spiritually, if you are thirsting spiritually, my hope and prayer today, by God's grace, that you somehow see through these scriptures, and if you later on you read these scriptures for yourself, that you'll recognize that Jesus Christ is the only way 
is the only one who will satisfy your spiritual. Father God, I thank you. Thank you for this time. God, I thank you that you're the one, that you're the bread of life, that you're the one who can satisfy our needs spiritually, Lord. That if everything was taken away from us, and if we were stranded on an island, and all we had left was the Bible, she would satisfy our, our spiritual hunger. You would satisfy desires. You would, you would reveal to us your true love. And God, I, I ask right now, I ask personally for forgiveness through this, this message. If there are things that I said that were taken out of context or, or, or misquoted, or even missaid or even misheard of what was trying to be proclaimed. But, but I, I ask right now, in a time of chaos where people are, are searching for the right information, the truth, to have satisfaction in knowing what is going on, Lord. God, may there be a hunger to just come back to you. May there just be a hunger to cancel out all the noise and say, what does the final authority, if we truly believe that you are the final authority, Christ, Jesus, what do you say? What is your final authority? Forget what all everything else going around. What does Jesus say? God, give us patience. God, teach us patience. Don't give it to us. Teach us patience. Teach us to love. Teach us to be gracious. Teach us to be merciful. Teach us to not want to give in to our personal desires. Teach us to not want to demand our rights from you, God, that we expect you to bow down to us. God, teach us to humble ourselves and put our pride down. Bow to you. God, I thank you for today. I give you all glory and honor those who are listening have been spiritually strengthened, Lord, or even for the first time, and have finally had their spiritual hunger fulfilled. Not because of what I've done, but because of your words in the scripture. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys for joining with us today, and I hope to see you guys at 7 o'clock on our Zoom call. Take care. We hope you're encouraged and equipped by this message. For more messages like these, download the Spotify app and search MSTAR Students Ministry. Have a great week, and we hope you join us again.